Well, it's a privilege to be here in this room today to have God's Word in our language translated for us in the Bible. Uh, we believe that the God who inspired these words is present here with us. And if you want Him to speak to you, let's bow our heads and ask that He would. Oh, Father, we have sung many songs that reflect on the awesome privilege of being found in Christ, all the blessings that we have in Christ. And yet, Father, we know we live in a, in a city and in a nation where millions do not see the greatest treasure. Oh, Father, we ask that you would enlighten each one of our hearts. You'd open our eyes and our ears that we may see the beauty of Christ, that we may hear wonderful truths from your word. Would you speak to each one of us, we ask, in the different needs and circumstances of our life. Lord, we know that you are the all-sufficient one, uh, that you love us. The very reason we're gathered here today is that you're at work in our lives. And so we humbly come to submit under your word, speak to us, and give us hearts that want to love you and serve you. In Christ's name, amen. What is the, uh, the greatest treasure you own? What's the most valuable thing that uh, you possess? I wonder what it is. One of my treasures is a guitar. Uh, it's an Avalon guitar. It is the most I've ever paid for a guitar in my life. I was hyperventilating as I wrote the check. But of course, the scary thing is when you have something that is really nice, you know, a nice possession like that, is you worry about it. What, can I bring it to church? Can I leave it unattended? Or if someone asks to borrow it, will they take good care of it? Will they let it fall over? Will they drop it? Because the thing about having nice possessions is you worry you're going to lose them, don't you? Uh, a neighbor around the corner, uh, he's moved now, but he used to own a lovely Aston Martin. I didn't, couldn't help but notice it. As I used to go around, invite him every, every Christmas to a sort of a neighbor's get-together. Beautiful Aston Martin just sitting on his drive. But when I was delivering these cards, I also noticed that there were lots of video cameras trained on the car. He was terrified that someone was going to scrape it or try and nick it because it was such a nice motor. And a neighbor across the road, um, his pride and joy was his Jag. Loved his jack. He used to go out, he used to caress it. I think he was, said he was cleaning it, but he used to do that. And then, you know, sadly he was diagnosed with cancer. And it got to the point where he realized he was too ill ever to drive it. And he sold it. And of course he doesn't need it now. What is your, what's your greatest treasure? Well, I want to tell you about a treasure today that if you possess it, you can't lose it. It's the greatest treasure. And it's the one treasure that will be most meaningful to you on the day of your death. That's what I want us to see. So 
let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 13, and you'll find that on page 980 in the church Bibles. And over a number of weeks now, we've been learning from Jesus about the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven is a mystery to most people today, and so we should listen to what Jesus has to say here, because he claimed to both come from heaven, and following his resurrection uh, from the dead, he returned to heaven, and so he is an expert, and he wants to tell us about the, the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. We've been working through these stories, these parables that reveal the secrets of the kingdom to us. And uh, let's, let's read these verses, verse 44 to 52, page 980. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. He said to them, Therefore, every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. This is God's word. Just keep that open in front of you. These are stories that contain very important things that Jesus wants to, his disciples to understand. Did you see that in verse 51? Have you understood all these things? He wants them to get it. And so let's consider three things about the kingdom of heaven that Jesus wants us to understand today. Firstly, the kingdom of heaven is worth everything. The kingdom of heaven is worth everything. What's the kingdom of heaven like? Well, it's, it's like treasure hidden in a field. It's, it's like a pearl of great value or great price, as the old translations used to say. Two parables that convey exactly the same point. The kingdom of heaven is worth everything. Not many metal safes and uh, bank vaults in the time of Jesus. And so really, if you had treasure and you needed to keep it safe, if you were going somewhere, what would you, what would you do? Well, you'd bury a big hole and you'd put it in the ground where no one else was looking. 
And, uh, and then when you came back, hopefully it would be there. But what would happen? What would happen if, uh, if you went on your journey and uh, you died? And you never told anyone where it was? Well, it would lie hidden in the ground until someone accidentally stumbles upon it. Do you know, incredibly, this is still happening today. Do you know that? Uh, just before Christmas last year, Paul Coleman... 59 years old, persuaded his son and a friend to join him on an excavation of farmland in Lenborough, Buckinghamshire, so he could split the 45 quid cost for the journey. He couldn't afford the petrol. So he got his son and his friend to come and help him buy the petrol so they could go down to this place. But this unemployed father of two hit the jackpot when his metal detector picked up something. And after 20 minutes of digging, he discovered a pristine collection of more than 5,000 silver coins made 1,000 years ago under the reigns of King Ethelred the Unready and King Canute. You want to know what he was unready for now, don't you? Well, the coins were found in a, in a lead-lined container. They were buried two feet underground and they're estimated to be worth one million pounds. Right? So that morning, didn't have enough money to get... 45 quid's worth of petrol. Dug this up. He was holding 1,000 pounds, what, what, a million, a million pounds worth of silver coins. How about that? Can you believe that's still going on today? People are still finding this stuff. Makes you want to get a metal detector, doesn't it? You do look a bit sad most of the time, but if you strike it lucky, you're, you're doing well, aren't you? Well, that is what the kingdom of heaven is like, Jesus says. It's something hidden to many. The kingdom of heaven uh, is something hidden to hundreds of thousands of people living in Edinburgh today, to millions of people living in Scotland. To know Jesus Christ is the greatest treasure you could ever possibly have. To be part of his eternal kingdom is the most valuable thing that could ever be true of you. But that's something that most people seem uh, not to understand or appreciate today. The kingdom of heaven today is hidden and it needs to be discovered. Now in the case of the merchant, his business was pearls. And uh, the search was quite deliberate and purposeful. But in the case of the man digging the field, he kind of just stumbles across it, doesn't he? And we've seen people become Christians in both those ways. We've seen people sort of... uh, want to investigate the claims of the Christian faith. They're on the search to find God and they, they, they come and f- discover about our Christianity Explored course or our Glad You Asked course. They come along, they've got questions. They want to find out the truth and they want to study to see, is it historically reliable? Did Jesus really die, rise from the dead? And, and as they study it, they realize, yes, this is it. Jesus is the pearl of great price. Others have just kind of stumbled across it. We've had people just walking down Rose Street, uh, receive a welcome, come in. They kind of didn't go out looking for, for God that day. They came in, they heard about him, they put their trust in Jesus, they become a Christian. We've seen both things happen in this church. Uh, but either way, people suddenly come to realize Jesus Christ and his glorious gospel is the greatest treasure. To know that your sins are forgiven. To know that uh, you're a right with God. To know that you've a relationship with God where He is your Father. Where Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Where the Holy Spirit has been 
given to you, to know that you've received the gift of eternal life, to know that you will receive a welcome into God's everlasting kingdom, that is the greatest treasure. My friends at Charlotte Chapel, we must never lose the wonder of this. To know Jesus Christ, we have the pearl of great value, the greatest treasure. And just think about it, here is a treasure that can't be taken from us. Gee, I don't know whether you remember, uh, a while back we had uh, Paul David Tripp come and do a marriage conference with us, and he preached on a Sunday morning. Remember that guy with the big mustache? Remember him? Well, uh, recently we've heard that uh, he was taken ill, and he's been very unwell, and he released a short video um, a, a month or so ago explaining how he's not going to be able to engage in his sort of uh, ministry in the same way because he's been diagnosed as having stage 3 kidney disease. And it's quite a moving video because he recounts his blessings in the middle of his medical problems. And he says this in that video. When physical strength, healing, self-sufficiency is taken from you, you run to the things that cannot be taken from you. You can take my physical strength, but you can't take grace from me. You can't take new mercies from me. You can't take Jesus from me. That's the wonderful thing about this treasure. It can't be taken from you. In fact, it is the only treasure that not even death can take from you. In fact, death becomes a doorway through which you experience this gift in its fullness. What a precious thing. Let's never forget what a great treasure this glorious gospel is. What an amazing thing has been entrusted to us as a church. What a thing has been entrusted into our lives if we have put our trust in Jesus Christ. And these parables remind us of the superlative worth of the kingdom of heaven. Fifteen minutes before this man found the treasure, uh, he wouldn't have thought the cross would, thought would have never crossed his mind that he would sell everything he would possess. Fifteen minutes later, he's rushing off to do exactly that, to sell everything he has so he can buy that field and have that treasure. You see, if he just pulled that treasure out of the ground, it would belong to the owner of the land. So uh, he doesn't put his hands on it and pull it out. He buries it up, goes away, sells all he has, just about has enough money to buy the field, and then it's his. The whole thing is his. Well, when someone truly understands that Jesus is the great pearl, the incredible treasure, then that discovery just transforms their whole outlook in life. For uh, these men, it meant decisive, radical action. Sell all they had, everything, to possess the treasure, to possess the pearl. It revolutionized their lives. And it's exactly the same with the kingdom of heaven. It is worth losing everything else in order to gain it. But of course, not everyone is willing to make that step. I want to tell you about two different men. One was a young, successful, wealthy political leader. And you can read about him in uh, chapter 19. He ran up to Jesus and he said, Teacher, what good things must I do to gain eternal life? And Jesus wanted to show this man that he was living 
really not for God, but for his money. And so he said this to him, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. When the young man heard this, what was his response? Oh, the best deal ever. No. He went away sad because it says he had great wealth. He didn't want to lose all to follow Jesus Christ. And I've met people like him. I remember one guy, particularly a a successful lawyer. He'd been invited to come to church. And uh, i never forget the first few Sundays he came to church. At the end, he was frothing with excitement. He was so excited to discover the gospel. He was so excited that actually as he came and the book, the book was opened and it was preached, he was hearing God speak to him. But then when it dawned on him that his wife and his parents were not impressed at the thought of him becoming serious as a Christian, he decided that it was too much and walked away. But there's another man in the Bible, Paul, whose testimony was read to us a little bit earlier from Philippians chapter 3. He started off believing that Christianity was, was a menace and that Jesus Christ was worthless. But then he met Jesus on the Damascus Road. And Philippians chapter 3 tells us how he views the decision he made in his life. Verse 7, but whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. He weighed up his reputation amongst his Jewish community, his career which was set out for him. Great things were ahead of him. He was a man of great intellect and ability. He weighed up the comfort and ease that was his future, being part of a recognized religion in the Roman Empire. He he weighed up his own moral achievements, his uh, religious achievements up to that point. He weighed it all up, and then he said this, I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. Yeah, there, there can be a cost to following Jesus Christ. But the man buying the field, he does a quick cost-benefit analysis, doesn't he? And it doesn't take him long to realize that selling all that he had to buy that field was the best thing to do. It would secure for him greater wealth than he could have ever dreamed of. And so the first thing we need to learn from these parables is that the kingdom of heaven is worth everything. Second thing we need to learn this morning is that the kingdom of heaven will mean everything. Will mean everything. The next parable, the parable of the net and the fish, is very sobering, isn't it? The kingdom of heaven is like a net let down into the lake that catches all kinds of fish. And I'm sure you've seen these images of this on the TV. As the nets come in, fishermen sorting out the nets. There's fish they want to, they, they, they went out to try and catch, and they, and they store those in the, uh, in the freezer section, the refrigerator section. And there's other stuff that you can't sell in the market. It's useless, so they just throw it away. Well, Jesus wants to tell us something very serious. Was there any more loving person in history than Jesus? Well, he wants to warn us. Verse 49, this is how it'll be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
how we respond to Jesus means everything. See, the Bible is consistent and clear. There's a day, there's a day when this world as we know it will come to an end. The end of the age, Jesus says. And this day will be a day of assessment, a day of, of sorting. And one kind of person is kept and the other is cast into the fire. Now, what is the difference between the two? Well, the Bible says, actually, we're all born wicked. We all deserve to be cast into the fire of judgment where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. We all deserve that because we've all rebelled against God. We've all broken his holy laws. And so to become righteous, we need more than simply doing a few good things. We need God's forgiveness. We need God to declare us righteous. And we just can't do that ourselves. We cannot save ourselves. That's why Jesus came. By offering his righteous life as a sacrifice in the place of sinful people. Those who trust Christ are forgiven of their sins and declared right before God, declared to be righteous. Now, there's so much more. Uh, this is so much more than simply being religious, doing a, a few good deeds or um, getting baptized or raising money for charities. That, that, none of that can save us. We need to look to Jesus. We need to be forgiven and we need to receive his righteous record in our place. In truth, it's very hard to work out sometimes who the forgiven people are and who are unforgiven simply by looking at their lives. But there's a day of separation coming when the angels will separate those who are righteous, that is those who are forgiven sinners, from the wicked, those who've not asked for forgiveness. And it'll be a decisive day. It's going to set people's future for all eternity. Some entering into eternal joy and others entering into eternal pain and loss. See, on that day, the only thing that matters will be this. Are you forgiven? Are you right with God? Have you been made righteous by trusting Jesus or are you someone who's refused his offer of salvation? On that day, being in the kingdom of heaven will mean absolutely everything. Where will you be on that final day? Where will you be? Will you be part of the kingdom of God, collected to be under the rule of Jesus Christ in the new heavens and the new earth, uh, where there will be no more evil, no more suffering, no more death, or will you be found out? Someone who never turned away from your rejection of God, someone who never sought forgiveness for your sins and so thrown away. You know, if you know today that you've never put your trust in Jesus, I'm, I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end of this sermon for you to sort that out. I want to lead you in a prayer so that you can become righteous by trusting Jesus at the end of this sermon. But do you see what Jesus is teaching us here? The kingdom of heaven is worth everything. The kingdom of heaven will mean everything. And so lastly, we should share the kingdom of heaven with everyone. Verses 51 and 52. 
Have you understood all these things? Jesus asked his disciples. Yes, they replied. Well, what will show that we've understood all these things? Well, there's one more parable of this section. Verse 52, he said to them, Therefore, because they've said they've understood these things, therefore, he says, every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. When you've been instructed about the kingdom of heaven, what are you like? You're like the owner of a house. Now, if you own a house, you are a wealthy person with status. Uh, Last month was the first time that uh, more people owned their houses outright than had mortgages for their houses. Quite an extraordinary thing. Um, What's more, we're now living in a nation where there's at least 500,000 property millionaires whose houses have so risen in value that if they uh, sold their house and moved to the sticks somewhere, they they could realize their assets. Now what? If you've been taught about the kingdom of heaven and you've become a disciple of Jesus Christ, you are like that house owner. You are a very wealthy person. If you're trusting Jesus today, do you know that? You are a very wealthy person. In fact, not only do you are owner of a house, but you're owner of a house with a storeroom in it. A storeroom that has treasure. You have old treasures, it says. You see, to be taught God's law, the Old Testament scriptures, is to have treasure. God's law is described in this way in Psalm 19. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. Imagine how wealthy you'd be if you had much pure gold. Well, if you have God's ordinances, you are better off than that. They are sweeter than honey than honey from the comb. To gain God's wisdom is described this way in in Proverbs chapter 3. Blessed is the man who finds wisdom, the man who gains understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. So to have the Old Testament law, you're a rich person, um, But to see and understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of all those Old Testament promises and and all of that scripture is to have new treasures that are connected with the old that even surpass the old. And if you're here today as someone who's trusting Jesus, you are a very wealthy person. Do you realize that? You have the pearl of great price. You're the one who, who struck it lucky. You found that stash of 5,000 coins in the field that made you a millionaire. It's yours. You're the guy with the scanner and the grin holding the box. That's us. We're like that owner of the house with the storeroom bringing out new treasures and old. That's us. Well, what are you to do with these treasures that you've discovered? Have you watched that Dragon's Den program? Have you watched that on the telly? Have you ever imagined what it would be like to have so much money that not only have you paid off all your houses and your boats and stuff, but you've got a stack of it on the table next to you? 
that you can just hand out to other people who want, and, and basically you can help them become a wealthy person by helping them to have a successful business. You can help other people become wealthy and also pick up maybe 25 to 50% of their business just by sitting there with wadges of cash. Well, in a much more glorious way. Do you know what? Someone who's discovered the great riches of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, you have the opportunity of being a gospel entrepreneur. Something much better than Mr. Ballantyne there with his cash. Notice verse 52 describes this person as a teacher. The disciples of Jesus get to be teachers who have treasures to pass on by instructing others. Do you remember what a great treasure is ours? We've already thought about that this is the one treasure that can't be taken from us. But think about this. This is the one treasure where the more you pass it on to others, you never lose it. What a treasure. This is how glorious is the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you are trusting Christ, you have treasure to pass on to others. Whether you've been a Christian for 50 years, whether you've been a Christian for two weeks, you've stumbled across treasure that you can share, that can change people's lives and destinies for eternity. Um, I taught Joe, uh, who is, was a, a very young Christian, I taught Joe how to share the gospel. This was a while back now, and he shared the gospel with his girlfriend, Sabrina. And she thought it was the best news that she'd ever heard. And she said she wanted to become a Christian. So Joe was a young Christian who'd learned how to share the gospel, led her in a prayer, simple prayer. She said sorry for, to God for her sins. She thanked God that Christ had come to die for her so that she could be forgiven. And she asked God to forgive her and to change her, to help her live for Jesus. And after she prayed that prayer, the first thing she said to Joe was, she said, we've got to tell my sister and, his, and her fiancé. And so they arranged for Sabrina's sister and fiancé, Jeff, to come around for a meal. And after they had the meal, uh, she said to her sister, now Joe shared something with me and I want him to share it with you now. Joe, would you share it? And so he shared the gospel, shared two ways to live. Well, Jeff and her sister thought this was the best news they'd ever heard and became Christians. What a great treasure we have to pass on. The kingdom of heaven is worth everything. The kingdom of heaven will mean everything, so share the kingdom of heaven with everyone. Maybe you've been listening and uh, you've been understanding that you need to turn and put your trust in Jesus. Well, I want to give you that opportunity right now. I'm, I'm going to lead in a prayer right now and I want to invite you to pray this prayer one line at a time under your breath. If you want to receive Jesus to be the treasure of your life. Dear Lord God, thank you for your love for me.
Jesus, thank you for dying in my place on the cross. And rising again on the third day. Today I realize that you're offering me the greatest treasure. Please forgive my sins. Today I know there's nothing more important than to turn and put you first in my life, Jesus. Help me to treasure you more than any other person or thing. Thank you for hearing my prayer and making me your child. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time today, then we want to kind of help you uh, grow in your Christian life. So please uh, find a Connect card and fill out your details. Just say, I pray to accept Jesus today. Put your name, your phone, your email, and we'd love to get in touch with you this week to help you to grow in your Christian faith. If you prayed that prayer for the first time today, you have the greatest treasure. What a joy, what a privilege. Do you know what? You can now go and share that with someone else. What a privilege we all have to share this good news. May God give us opportunities this week. We're going to close uh, this service by singing uh, a song that really takes up the Apostle Paul's words that knowing Christ is the greatest thing. And so let's use this as an opportunity just to thank God